This is Outcasting Overtime from Media for the Public Good, creator of Public Radio's LGBTQ youth programs. Hi, I'm Declan, an Outcasting youth broadcaster. I'm 13. I don't know I'm trans yet, but I guess my friends think I'm the most knowledgeable person in the group on gender stuff. One of them asks me a question about pronouns and how to refer to trans people. I answer as best I can, and they understand. Fast forward. I'm 14 now, I've come out to my parents as a trans guy, and they try their best to call me Declan, he him pronouns. My mom asks me a question about names, and why a lot of trans people decide to change theirs. I'm in the middle of dinner, but I explain it to her, and she seems to understand. Fast forward again. I've just turned 15. I open my phone, and my friends are having an argument online about trans people. They tell me I need to weigh in to see who's right. I have stuff to do, but I take the time to explain it to them. It takes a while. They decide to just end the conversation without coming to an answer. I don't know if they understand. Fast forward again. It's a couple months later. I'm still 15, and I'm in the car with my mom. It's very late. The car is quiet until she asks me a question, something about the side effects of trans people going on hormone replacement therapy. I'm half asleep, but I decide to answer. I give her the full, detailed rundown the whole ride home. A week later, she asks me the same exact question. She didn't understand the first time. I'm 16 now, and for as long as I've been out about my identity as a trans guy, I've been educating people. And I'm getting a little tired of it. So when I first came across the phrase, it's not my job to educate you, it really resonated with me. You may have heard it before. It's a phrase that's definitely sparked a lot of debate and even outrage over the past few years. And that makes sense. It's provocative, blunt, and very straight to the point. It's also pretty controversial, both inside and out of progressive circles. First, let's establish what it is. In a nutshell, this phrase, it's not my job to educate you, is usually used in response to questions posed to marginalized people by those who don't share their identities. It tends to put the person being asked the question on a pedestal, like they're the authoritative source on everything related to their identity. Think of any of the situations I mentioned at the beginning. It didn't really matter how much I knew about the questions or whether I wasn't in the mood to answer. Since I was trans, that made me the automatic authority on all their questions related to trans people. I could have responded to any of those questions by saying something like, Hey, I'm glad you're open to learning about these sorts of things, and I'm really happy you came to me with your questions, but it's not really my job to educate you. Maybe I would direct them towards a book or a good online resource, but at the end of the day, I'm taking myself out of the equation because I'm not obligated to answer. And when people ask these questions, they don't have to be coming from a place of malice. It's usually the opposite, actually. Most of the time, it's just people trying to educate themselves a bit more on something. I'm certain my friends and my mom were coming from a totally compassionate place. These were people who had a genuine desire to know more about the trans community. But sometimes it can still be pretty taxing to always be the go-to person whenever it comes to educating someone. But I don't just get asked about things relevant to my own identity and experiences as a trans male. Rather, I feel like people tend to come to me about any questions remotely trans-related. So I get asked all the time by friends and family about issues related to non-binary people, gender-fluid people, they-them pronouns, the list goes on. I get asked about trans surgeries all the time, even though that's something I've never experienced. People tend to assume that just because I belong to a certain broad community, I know everything about it, or that I can speak for the voices of people I actually share very little in common with except our shared label. 
And even when it comes to things I am qualified to speak on, it can be pretty tiring. Whether it's at the dinner table or in the car or after a long day of school or work, marginalized people are expected to provide the answers to any question at a moment's notice. So in that sense, I do think a response like, it's not my job to educate you, can really relieve some of that pressure. Basically telling someone, hey, just because I'm trans, gay, non-white, disabled, so on and so forth, doesn't mean I'm always the go-to authority on any questions you have related to that specific identity. We don't want to discourage people from educating themselves, but when that education comes at the expense of treating the marginalized people in your life like walking encyclopedias, maybe there are better ways you can be doing some of that self-educating. But on the flip side, I'm also a little conflicted about the phrase. There's obviously a pretty glaring problem that you've probably picked up on already. If I say it's not my job to educate you, then whose job is it? The library? Well, books take a while to get published and language evolves quickly. So even if the book you're reading came out as recently as five years ago, there's still a good chance it might include some outdated science or terminology, and it probably won't be telling you the whole modern story. What about the internet? Well, there's a lot of content to parse through, and a lot of it is outdated, inaccurate, or plain out anti-LGBTQ. It only takes a few clicks to fall down a rabbit hole of misinformation. What if you ask someone who doesn't share that identity? Of course, people can be aware of issues surrounding communities they don't belong to, but if you try to learn about trans issues from people who aren't trans, for instance, you could get inaccurate information. There's almost no way you could be getting the whole story. So it sometimes seems like the best option for me is to just answer people's questions. When my friends and family ask me questions about the trans community, even if I'm not really in the mood to have that conversation, I always answer. Because I don't want them to get turned off from approaching trans people to have open discussions about the issues we face. I don't want them going to sources that might contain a lot of bigotry and misinformation, and maybe even getting radicalized into believing some pretty nasty anti-LGBTQ propaganda just because I didn't want to answer their questions. In an ideal world, I wouldn't have to be a walking encyclopedia. I wouldn't be bombarded by uncomfortable questions about my identity 24-7. But I know that the alternative is often misinformation and even downright bigotry. So I personally choose to engage in these conversations. So I think there's a genuine benefit to marginalized people being the ones to educate others. I'm really glad when I can help educate my friends and family about the trans community when they come to me with their questions. But sometimes I just wish I could have a nice dinner or quiet car ride home, too. Thanks for listening to Outcasting Overtime from Outcasting Media, creator of Public Radio's LGBTQ youth programs. Outcasting Media is a production of media for the public good based in New York. Our executive producer is Mark Sofis. Visit us at outcastingmedia.org to get information about outcasting, Make your tax-deductible donation, watch Outcasting videos, access our social media links, and listen to Outcasting and related content. You can also find Outcasting wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Declan. Thanks, and thanks for listening.